That don't put a smile on your face. There's something wrong with your smiler in there. I think I gave uh, Mr. BJ the wrong scripture, and I shared the wrong scripture. We're going to look at Exodus uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 3. Exodus chapter 15, 1 through 3. God is good all the time. All the time. Amen. The Word of God says, Then Moses and the Israelites sung this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise Him. My Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. This time I'd like to go to God in prayer. I'm going to ask Randy Davis to lead us in word of prayer. Randy? Amen. The Lord is my strength. In my defense, he has become my salvation. I told Sheila this morning, when you listen to this praise song this morning, it's going to be ones that you're going to sort of be humming on all week long. Hopefully it's a song that will be ringing in your mind all week long about the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Isn't that a blessing? The world didn't give it to me. And the world cannot take it away. How many times have you heard this over the years? Be honest with you, I've heard that a lot. And this past week when I was looking into the sermon and studying a little bit about the sermon, I, I found this song that we shared uh, with you this morning. And it's such, such a blessing to think about that song and maybe just hum that song in your life. Because I believe today the most precious thing that you can have in your life today is salvation. Amen? The most precious thing that you can have in your life is knowing that Jesus is with you and you have salvation in your heart and in your life. Your salvation story is something that's so precious. And knowing that Jesus paid the price for your salvation and gave everything to you. So, the world didn't pay the price, so the world cannot take back your salvation, your testimony of the day that the Lord came into your heart and your life. Wasn't that a great day when salvation occurred in your life? Growing up being a preacher's kid, I went to church all the time. It didn't matter. I went on Sunday morning. I went on Sunday night. I went on Wednesdays. When I got into sports, my dad told me right off the bat, son, not going to let them sports come in the way of church. And there was many times my coach wanted me to play and wanted me to do all those things. But I understood something. When the car was running, you better get in it because we're going to church. And I heard my dad preach Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And I believe Randy agree with me. A lot of people think preacher's kids are the worst in all the world. But that's not always true, is it, Randy? Well, we try our best. Uh, not, not to be the worst in all the world. But I heard my dad preach all the time. And, and I knew that Jesus had been talking to me about turning my heart and life over to him. But it was just something I, you know, it's a little scary when you had to come up front and you had to pray to your dad and tell your dad that you've done some things wrong in your life. And I remember thinking about that. Well, once a year, we would have a revival at the church. And back then, you would have revivals for a week, sometimes a couple of weeks. And I knew when revival came 
there were some changes that was going to take place at our house. Big change was I didn't have a bedroom as long as the evangelist was preaching because he stayed at our house. and I had to sleep out on, on the couch, and they'd come in, and, and I did know that Mama was going to be cooking fried chicken just about every night, and we was going to eat, and we was going to eat, and we was going to eat. There was people bring food to our house, and they'd take us out to eat, and all kinds of things, and the, the preacher would be there, and I'd see the preacher from time I got up, went to school, come back home, he was there. I got to know the evangelist, got to know. Well, one time on a Sunday night, the evangelist was preaching, and I was sitting in the back, you know, with my friends, and as a lot of us are when we're a little younger, wouldn't have been quite as quiet as I should be. And I remember before the evangelist got up to preach, my dad turned around and gave me that. Y'all know that look? Did you ever get it? Dad gave me that look, and I knew it was time to calm down. And that preacher started preaching, and for some unknown reason, boy, he was preaching right at me. You ever felt like that before? It's sort of like he knew exactly what my soul looked like. And he knew exactly what was going on in my life. And it didn't matter how many people was there. And that's a big old crowd. But it was sort of just like that preacher was preaching just to me. And he looked deep inside my soul. And to be honest with you, right after the scripture, he just preached a little bit. I thought I should come down to the altar Again, the good preacher's kid that I was, I didn't want to disrupt anything. So I waited to the end, and I remember the pianist went over to start playing, and our song leader came up, and they started singing Just As I Am. And I remember it was sort of like a magnet. preacher was up here, and I just flew right up front, and I knelt down, and the evangelist prayed with me, and my dad prayed with me, and, and I felt something change inside of myself that I knew now I had salvation in my heart and my life and I knew right at that moment and I still have to think about this all the time I knew right at that moment that not only was I going to be with my mom and dad on this earth I was going to get to be with my mom and dad in a place called heaven salvation is precious isn't it you remember that day you were saved you remember the change that came into your heart and your life and, and how for a lot of us it was sort of like a little weight lifted off of us, wasn't it? How that we knew now that it was not only just our life that we're living, but it is Christ that's what? Living in me. And I can feel that every day. And it's something that Christ gave to me. Some people say, well, preacher, I didn't have the Saul to Paul sanctification and saving in my heart and my life. I didn't have this dramatic event. You know, nobody saw. He had to lose his sight just so he could focus on Christ and become Paul. A lot of folks say, I don't know about that. I had that big of an event that took place in my heart and my life. Well, I want you to know something. It doesn't matter if it was a big, gigantic event that came into your heart and your life. But when you ask Christ to come into your heart and your life, the world didn't give it to you. And guess what? The world can't take it away. You know that you have Christ in your heart and your life. And every day you're growing to be more like him. But just being saved is not the end of the story, is it? We have to be a Christian 
every day of our lives. You see, the world can't take it away and you can't give it back either. Understand that statement? You can't give back your salvation because Christ is there with you. But as you're growing in your Christian walk, there's some things that you have to do. Some things that are so important to you in your life. Over in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with our first five. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I've heard a lot of people over the years say they're trying to take prayer away from us. Well, one of the things you have to realize this morning is the world didn't give you prayer and the world can't what? Can't take it away. It just, just can't do it. Some people say, well, Brother Paul, you know, they won't let us pray in public. They took it out of schools. Can't pray before ball games and different things anymore. They just want to let you don't, don't want you to have that prayer time in your heart and your life. Well, I believe there's one thing they sure can't take it away from you. You can always have a prayer upon your heart and your mind, can't you? And upon your lips. And no matter where you are, all of our kids need to realize that too. No matter where you are, you can still pray to God. And you can ask for God's guidance and direction in your heart and your life. And prayers are a wide range of things, aren't they? Some people can pray beautiful prayers as long as maybe five minutes. And I believe God hears all those prayers, doesn't he? But I also believe God hears those five-second prayers too, right? God, help me. God, be here for me. God, I, I need you. Those prayers is something that's between you and God, and you're just talking about God, what's about going on in your heart and in your life. Has there ever been a day that you forgot to pray? Don't raise your hand. Has there ever been a day that you forgot to pray? Well, let's go one step beyond that. Because you forgot to pray, that means that you forgot about who that day? God that day. That's a scary thought, isn't it? To think about that, I didn't pray. I didn't think about God. I didn't even have the opportunity to share with God and talk to God about what's going on in my heart and in my life. Now, I know sometimes our one-call systems have some hiccups. but That's just what happens from time to time. But isn't it great to know when somebody calls me and they say, something's going on, and I always ask this question, is it okay if I do a, a one call? And when they give me that permission, isn't it a great thing to know when you send that one call out, not only is it the preacher praying for you, but we have all these other people that's praying for you in one special occasion. I can tell you, when I was... In the hospital for all, all those months, it was a few times that I believe Nick did a one call, Sheila did a one call for prayer. And when you, you hear somebody sending out a prayer request for, for you, you feel something, don't you? Because now you know not only are you praying by yourself, but you have your whole entire church family praying for you. Boy, that's a blessing, isn't it? To know that that is there. The world didn't give that prayer to you and the world can't take it away. Because God is there 
for you. When we think about our prayer pals here at the church, how important that is for our kids to know as they go out and face things out in the world that they're going to have mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa and others in their family, people that are close to them praying for them, but somebody that they don't even know that's praying for them every day for what they face. And Lord knows our schools need that, don't they? And Lord knows our kids need to feel safe where they are and feel, feel that prayer of somebody around about them that is there for them. So the world didn't give you your prayer. And the world what? Can't take it away. That's between you and God. Look over in 2 Timothy verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 7 through 9 for the spirit gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in the suffering of the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of what his own purpose and grace. This grace is given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. I'm so glad today that we live in a world where we have freedom of speech, aren't you all? That's a great right. Now, sometimes people take that right to the other extreme, don't they? And they say some things, maybe type some things, maybe act in certain ways that they shouldn't act. But we still have a lot of good word out in the world, don't we? I believe our glory sightings on Sunday morning is such a blessing, isn't it? I don't know how we started that. It's probably one of those things I thought of on Sunday morning driving to church. I don't know. But it's a glory sighting. Not only is it a glory sighting, it's a testimony, isn't it? Of all the good things that God does for you. I think as Americans and as Christians, we spend way too much time thinking about how bad things are, don't we? We just do. Sort of like we're wired like that, isn't it? That we're just wired because we can't have the opportunity of knowing that there is something good out in the world. The scripture I read to you this morning here just a minute ago says, don't be timid. Don't be shy because you have the greatest thing in all the world to share with somebody. You have the opportunity to share your testimony with somebody that needs to hear about the word of God. And God gives you that on your lips. I know as a young preacher, when I would go different places and I'd be faced with different things, I remember the, the first funeral I ever done. You talk about responsibility. Doing a funeral's big. I remember going and doing that. And I remember my first wedding I ever did. I remember the first time I ever had to go to somebody's home after they'd lost a loved one and all those things. And leading up to every one of those, the old devil's going to give you doubt, isn't he? He's going to say somebody else could do it better. Or you don't know what you're doing. You don't need to be sharing the Word of God with anybody. You don't need to be doing any of those type of things. But one of the things that I have found out, if you're willing to do it, God's going to give you what you need. Amen? That also comes with your testimony, didn't it? 
Because you know this. The world didn't give you your testimony. And the world cannot take it away. It is there. Your testimony never, ever, ever, ever goes away. This church has a great testimony today, doesn't it? People can drive by and say, what's something going on there? I was telling somebody the other day that our fellowship halls double the size of the sanctuary. That's a blessing, isn't it? That's a great testimony that God has blessed that. It's a testimony that we share. It's a testimony that we share with other people around about us. The most important part of sharing your testimony is telling other people how good God is and how good God has been to us. So the world didn't give you your testimony and the world cannot take it away. I should ask Carrie what my last point is this morning. Since she does such a great job in uh, Sunday school sharing it this morning. But over in Ecclesiastes 2.26, it says, Through the person who pleases himself, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives a task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This, too, is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. The world didn't give you your happiness, and the world cannot what? Can take it away. They sung about that this morning, didn't they? I believe as Christians, we should be the happiest people in all the world. Because we are taken care of now, and we're taken care of in the hereafter. But i got to be honest, I've been preaching for, had churches since 1987. And some of the saddest people I've ever seen in my whole entire life, you know where they're at? At church. My mama used to say, some of, some of those people look like they've been slapped with a Wet noodle a few times. We, did, we just look so sad, don't we? And we, we let all, that's, that's how the devil wants you to be, isn't it? The devil wants you to live in sadness. He wants you to have a state of depression. He wants you to stay there all the time. And he don't want you to have a smile upon your face. He don't want you to have anything like that. I remember the first time that Sheila went to my mom and dad's house. She asked me what to expect. And I said, well, I, you know, they're pretty good people. I said, now, if you go in and if you'll hug my daddy, you're not going to have to worry about anything else ever. And if my mama's cooking and you go over and you taste it, you tell her that's the best thing you've ever tasted in your life, then she's going to be your best friend forever. Of course, found out a little later on that my mom and dad loved her a lot more than they ever loved me. But one thing after Sheila went and met with my mom and dad one weekend, the first weekend I took her, she said, does your daddy ever quit smiling? And I said, you know, be honest, just a few times. But most every time you'd see my dad, I don't know if it was the preacher smile or what it was, but my dad was always happy and smiling about something. As Christians, I'm not going to say you're going to be happy all the time. There's going to be things that's going to, hurts you, but I want you to know there's enough hatred in the world to go around. You don't need to add, add to it, do you? As Christians, we should have happiness in knowing this world is not my home. What? I'm just 
a passing through. We can have that happiness in our life. We can have that glory of God all around about us in our life. We can have God with us no matter where we are and what's going on in our life because we have that happiness. So today, the world didn't give you a prayer. And the world what? Can you take it away? The world didn't give you your testimony. And the world can't what? Take it away. The world did not give you your happiness. And what? The world cannot take it away. Whatever day God has talked to you about, whatever direction God is leading you today, remember that day God saved you, how you felt. Wouldn't it be great to have that feeling again in your life and know that the world can't destroy you, that God is going to be there to build you up? Listen to him this morning as we have our closing song. Good morning.